Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One day in the pub, Seb and Verity were socialising Hello. Hello. How's it going? Great, thanks. How are you? Here we go. I'm all right, thank you. Hang on, let me just I'm gonna put this on now. Things I've made it work. Yes. Microphone's back. Well done. <laughs> I mean, well done, not really, just badly done for many weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you if you were wondering, maybe the sound quality had gone down over recent weeks. It really has. From one of our ends well, <laughs> naming absolutely no names <laughs> the, the old internal mic uh selection wasn't oh, it? i can't believe i In let logic. that happen really oh, disappointed all of us. don't worry internal microphone stick it Aye, like you're yeah, back yeah. on the nice the nice shore sm7b now aren't you? well i very much hope so let's see when so. i play this back afterwards yeah exactly <laughs> i think i am yes how's it going it's all right i had a bit of a grim week really because my my poor old granny my wonderful granny sadly died this weekend so it's been a bit of a tricky week sorry oh i know it is horrible but um but she was great and do you know something she'd have loved this episode oh really yeah she was a big fan of coronation street Oh. oh yeah Wow, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. That's yeah. uh, that's awful news. I know, I know. Um, but she was very old, and she was a thoroughly excellent person who'd had a wonderful life. So, ah, there we are. There we are. Well, should we introduce the guest this week? Oh yeah, let's. And um, well, should we say what the show's called, just in case anyone's listening for the first time? <laughs> what is this show called? What even is it? Where are we? Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. It's called Three in a Bar. Hey! And, uh, well, should we say who we are? Yeah, I'm Verity Simmons. Who are you? I'm Seb Philpott. Hey! (laughs) That's a nice slow easing into this week's episode. It is. I'm I'm sorry. I feel like I really struck out on a downer there, which is the wrong tone, isn't it? It's good. It's good. I like it. Okay. Okay. But, But we're back up now because we've got an amazing guest, haven't we, for episode 61. 
yeah, yeah. we've alluded to it yeah coronation to, street uh, coronation street yeah i would love to to uh play the trumpet um, play play the tune, but I think it probably gets sued by <laughs> Granada or something. Yeah. Could you do a slightly different take on it? Make something um, up. Can you do a pastiche? Just change it very slightly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too similar, too close. It was too, They'd too close. have you, they'd have you for that. No. Gotta be like blurred lines all over again. Oh god. <laughs> I play uh, that tune all the time do you? in the old dirty brass. It's, <laughs> it's like a thing. We just put it in everywhere we can. Oh, good. Sorry to audiences. It's a stupid little in-joke that we do. <laughs> a bit too much, but it's fun. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you're playing like a long note and you go, hang on, I could, I could slot in the old Coronation Street theme here. Oh, that is just fit. that is excellent. And when, it, when you pull it off, oh my god, it's good. Oh, I thought you meant blurred lines, so I'm even happier. Oh no, no. <laughs> I was thinking we, we stopped playing that one quite a while. Quite ago. a while back, wisely so. Hey, we still <laughs> yeah. haven't said who it is. Oh, we still though, haven't have we? said who it is. It's only blooming Wendy. Wendy Peters. Yeah. Yes. Hey, you know Wendy how Peters. we say we love a, a Wikipedia page. Well, oh, yeah. I've got hers right here, and I'm going to read from it. Okay, here we go. Wendy Louise Peters is an English actress. She is known for playing Scylla Battersby Brown. Oh, Battersby Brown. In the ITV soap opera Ooh. Coronation Street and has worked extensively on stage, appearing in both plays and musicals, including works with Sir Jonathan Miller, Matthew Warkus, Varkus, and Jod Godber. Um, Watchers. 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 Sorry. I think I think it's Warchus. Do you? Okay, that's well, I'm not sure. I can't tell. I, I went Varkus, first of all, well, which is I'm, clearly wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that. That that sounds that sounds really I mean it sounded confident. <laughs> Good. Let's stick with it. So there we go. Yeah. That was a very brief biog for you. But just to say, I mean, I met her first of all doing You Are Here, where she was totally phenomenal. One woman, I mean, essentially, they're a cast of five, but she, it was her who held that together. Sorry, four. Um, four. But she, and she is on stage. Four and Verity. Four. And, 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 and two others. And two others. <laughs> yes. Um, but she was on stage constantly singing yeah. massive numbers for about 90 minutes. And she was truly phenomenal, wasn't she, in that show? Yeah, very impressive. I came yeah. to watch it. It was... Yeah. Uh, it was kind of COVID safe, wasn't it? It was like air <laughs> conditioners going the whole yeah. time. I was squeezed into this tiny little <laughs> like perspex prison. Uh, <laughs> but actually, you took quite a funny picture of me. Uh, yeah. Because actually there was no one sat around me at all. So no I could have just sat literally anywhere else. <laughs> and then it basically made it thing. half the yeah. size of a human being, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. That it was perspex. pretty un uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But... But uh, anyway, it, it was a good show. Nice to see some theatre up close. Yeah, she was amazing. And she's uh, she's done absolutely tons of musicals. She was in Big. Yeah. She's done lots of new writing. She's, um, I mean, you probably know her from Coronation Street, but she's also been in Bad Girls. And yeah. she, uh, Pam Podger, I think the name was. She talks about that in this interview. <laughs> it's very good. Um, she's done... the. Well, sorry, the, carry on, the thing, Well, a thing that we actually don't mention in mm. the podcast, but it's probably worth uh, worth mentioning, because I, I just saw, saw this on her Wikipedia page. Yeah. 
is that um, she was born on the 29th of February, 1968. I hope she doesn't mind me telling her. Oh. Uh, it's on it's on Wikipedia. Okay, so it's, it's fine. Everyone could see it. Everyone can access that. But the, the point, <laughs> what I'm making, is yeah. that she was she's a leap year baby. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and actually, there's not many well-known leap year babies. No, well, and there we go. I've, I've looked up a few, if you'd like to... Go on, tell us some more. If you'd like to know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I love a fun it's, it's fact. It's a strange list. It's a strange list, I'll tell you. Who else is a leap Well, the ones that I've heard of, um, well, we'll go in, in order of uh, time. Okay. Time order. Good. Rather than height, height order. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we go height order, I've, I've no idea. Um, actually, I, I could probably guess this person's probably quite short. This okay. is from 1468. Right. Any guesses? Um, my history's very bad. I'm going to say uh, Richard III. <laughs> Richard the Third. Well, of course, he was very short by the time he he was uh, put in the ground, but because um, he had his his head head chopped. Is it Kylie Minogue? No, is that right? No, that's Oliver Cromwell. His oh head yeah, chopped yeah, off. yeah. No, Richard the Third. Oh, Richard the Third. He still had his head on top top of his head. He did. He got stabbed by Brutus. He was buried didn't in he? Sainsbury's. Oh no, that's Julius Caesar. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Wrong anyway, Shakespeare. For fourteen sixty eight, Pope Paul the Third. Okay, great. Okay. Right. Uh, next up, seventeen ninety two. Any guesses? Um, Charles it's Dickens, an, an Italian composer. <laughs> an Italian, Charles Dickens, an Italian Blimey. composer. Rossini. Wait, Rossini. No, yes. He's me- no, it never is. Were you going to say Mexican? <laughs> I was going to say he's later, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's Mexican, isn't he, Rossini? <laughs> he's Mexican, idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, Listener, you'll know we're pretty good with our history. We are. Um, okay, next up, next famous person that I've heard of is Wendy Peters. Hey! Uh, also, Saul Williams, do you know him? Not mm. from 1972, he was born. No. He's a poet, actor, musician. And of course, 1976, Ja Rule. Oh, there we go. What a collection, hey? There we go. There's, there's some others, but I don't know who they are. Great. Well, that's a side note. <laughs> And just just because we didn't cover it in the podcast, so I thought we should. I think it's really good that we have done now and named all yeah. those names. Lovely. Uh, anything else to mention? Oh, we went to her house, yeah, didn't we? We did. Oh, she, yeah. was, she was very hospitable. We had lovely cakes. She sent us off with some brownies, which uh, like her mm. reputation goes before her about her baking. In fact, she did. She won Celebrity MasterChef, didn't she? Or she was a runner-up uh, at least. She, she either won it or was runner-up. I'll check that detail. Um she was also on the F word with Gordon Ramsay, so she really does know her stuff yeah. about Freddie Steady Cook. Yes, yes, and um, and yeah, these brownies were exceptional. So thanks, Wendy. Yeah. That was I lovely. Ate, I ate them all when I got home. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, got a little bit sick, <laughs> but they were nice. Worth it though. Um, Worth it. So that's it, really. Yeah. Um, excuse the annoying bird noises, but obviously that's quite nice. Oh, lovely! Not, not, not annoying. There's a, there's a wood pigeon. Yeah. There's um probably an eagle uh monkey Vulture. i don't know <laughs> parrots and what i wanted yeah. to do is it's just like sneak in some other noises just Go so on. that throughout you could just hear a little okay if you hear a monkey <laughs> write it on our socials and tell us where you heard the monkey yeah the exact time time no please <laughs> <laughs> okay we had such a great That's chat with wendy fun. there's yeah, so we did, much yeah. in there She's fantastic. Uh, told us all about her early career. Talk about some freestyle dancing she did at one stage. 
talk about some shower wrestling she did in Bad Girls in a Fat Suit. We talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also we find out her fate on uh, Flock Stars, that well-known and well-regarded reality show. (laughs) Yes. And if you enjoyed this, there is a bonus episode of Extra Wendy. Oh, yes. If you join our Patreon. Come and there's, on. there's an extra bit of bit of stuff. And we talk about more about her cooking, about memorizing lines. Yes. And accents. We talk That's about right. Biker Grove. Yeah. Panto, uh, ha- the bill. We have an extended version of, uh, of a little bit. We talk about police drama, which is in this bit. And there's an extended part. It's like an extra deleted scene. Yeah. Um, if that's your thing, if you love police dramas, join our Patreon. You get more of that. Okay. I'll tell you why. It's because I say something about a particular drama and I felt bad about it. So he took it out. <laughs> felt bad in case anyone was listening from that show. <laughs> well, you'll have to find out by going to the Patreon. Oh yeah. And there's spoilers for you are here. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's in the Patreon as well. So if you just want to know. Big spoilers. Yeah. What happened to Diana and her husband, Gerard. Well, anyway, this is the chat we had with Wendy. So um, I hope you've got yourself a hot drink, uh, maybe some biscuits, cake, whatever. Sit down or or don't sit down. (laughs) If you're walking. (laughs) Verity's face is just like, where's he going with this? Where the hell is this going? (laughs) Just let, for the next bit of time, I don't know how long it is, just, yeah, enjoy. Yeah. And uh, here we go. This is Wendy Peters. I reckon we should start on uh, You yeah. Are Here, if that's all right. Oh, of <laughs> oh, from my spider diagram of scary. Look at that, yeah. Look at oh, it. my God. I mean, I'm quite pleased because it's two-tone today. That's nice, isn't it? That's, Excellent. That's a real... Oh, that's good. Yeah, so yeah. That, I mean, that was why I met you, first of all. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And uh, that must have been a real... Like, talk about straight back in, bang, with something massive. Was it I think, strange? I think that was the thing. I, I was absolutely thrilled that, you know, I got the call from Matthew saying, hey, I'm going to send you a script. Would you be interested? And I think, obviously, we'd had a bit of time out, all of us, unfortunately, yeah. because of COVID. But um, I read this script and I literally finished the final page and messaged him back and said, yes, please. Oh. <laughs> because it was just such a beautiful piece um, centering around a middle-aged lady, which very rarely happens in a musical or a play. Yeah. Um, and I just knew that I really wanted to do it. I wanted to, I need, apart from needing something to focus on with my brain, because it had been everything had been deprived of any kind of creativity, really, over the last 18 months, um, I just knew it was a piece that I really, really wanted to do. Um, and I loved every minute. And But luckily... Um, it didn't open till May, and I knew about this sort of middle of February, so I had plenty of time to learn because there was a heck of a lot oh, of learning required. So required. much, right. there was so was much. A... I, I came to see it one night, right, and yeah. um, but you, I mean, you're basically on stage the whole the whole yeah, time, it was and ninety minutes, and I think there were probably yeah. half, there's probably two bits in it where there's half a page of dialogue that doesn't include me. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it was it was a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, yeah. brain wise and everything wise and tiredness wise. We, I came out of the first week of rehearsals just shattered because we'd not been used to it. No. Our stamina was down. Yeah, um, and there's a lot and I'd of have to stop drinking. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So suddenly I, I went right. Come on, come on, Peters, get a grip. You can't rehearse and do this show and drink wine every night. <laughs> no. 
So it stopped that. So that was a shock to the system. Did, did you have a similar uh, regime? Oh, very say? similar. Yeah, you didn't drink very, that. Very, very similar. I, that's the only None. thing I didn't like about it. When people came to see it, I had to, you know, have a sneaky, quiet Diet Coke. I couldn't talk Aww. loudly in the bar because no. I needed to protect my voice. Such a yeah. shame because they had some great deals at that bar. <laughs> so good. The rosé was... At the Southern was Playhouse, it? the rosé is excellent. I just wanted to put that shout I enjoyed out. the final night. I mean, I, I texted my husband, I texted Kenny yeah. just before. That he said, we're in, we're ready, we're in our seats and this was about the, the, the probably the five so and then I texted him back and said make sure there's the largest glass of Sauvignon Blanc in that bar when I get out <laughs> Literally, oh, I bet that tasted good yeah. I bet that yeah. was good it was great yeah. oh. but that must have been hard work vocally because there are loads of songs they fit a lot into that 90 minutes don't yeah. they so I mean, how did you go about, especially when, as you're saying, we've had a bit of a break from things. Um, how did you keep yourself sort of vocally fit? Well, to be honest, I hadn't really. The first the first sort of six months of, of the year with lockdown, I just gave it a rest. Because mm. I'm very lucky that I, I've constantly been working up until that point. I very rarely um, have time at home and I'm very grateful to that. But to be honest, I was on tour at the time with a play Called a comedy called Bang Bang, which John Cleese had written, so we'd done rehearsal right. with him. Yeah. And that was cut short um, due to COVID, um, and I sort of took that though as a bit of okay. I'm going to take some time out. I'm very rarely at home, so I'm just going to sit and chill and relax. And the first few months of COVID were great. The weather was beautiful. Yeah, we all sat in the garden. <laughs> we drank rosé. <laughs> we had a lovely time. Um, you know, we walked the dogs. Um, it was great. Um, so I took that as a bit of a rest. I thought, I'm just going to let my voice settle and have a bit of quiet time. Um, and that then carried on as we went through lockdown after lockdown. I tried to do a play at the Union between the two lockdowns and that got shut down again in oh, November. No. We, did, we did two weeks rehearsal and that got shut. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until Matthew said, I'd like you to do this, that I suddenly went, ooh, okay. I need to try and get back into some kind of vocal form. So I, I did it by start yeah, the usual, start singing around the house, put a few musicals on, having a yeah. you know, few, few exercises, then a few, a few songs to sing along to. Yeah. Um, and then the fabulous Laura Bangay, who was the MD on yes. you, you Are Here, <laughs> we met up and we did um, a couple of sessions where she just sort of bashed out a few notes because I only had Brian and Neil's demos, um, yeah. which were only six of the songs and there were 18 that I had to learn. Um, to listen to originally. So Laura then, after we'd met up and done a few a couple of sessions, put everything down on tracks. She was amazing. Oh. She put the vocal line down. She put without the vocal line down. She bashed out the notes. So I had every bit of music on a Dropbox link that I could then sing along to and oh, listen perfect. and learn. So that was how the stamina came up. I'd go up to the spare bedroom in, in the lockdown in January, February. I would, um, I'd walk the dogs in the morning, then two o'clock. I was quite, you know, about it. I went, no, come on, you've got to get, get a grip with this. Two o'clock, I would go up to the spare bedroom, shut the door, and I would do three hours of going through it all, learning it, singing it. Yeah. So by the time we got to the re rehearsal stage, I knew every song. I knew all the words. I knew everything, musically and vocally. And the week before we started rehearsals, I was doing a sing-through for myself. Oh, that's of brilliant. each song yeah. just to try and get the stamina each day yeah. doing it because um, there was a lot but it was a joy I oh. loved every minute what was incredible as well I was saying this to Seb earlier right at the very end <clears throat> of the musical with the sea of tranquility it's a really big number and it's back to you just by yourself and it's there's that huge moment in the middle where it really like you're 
voice just opens up and it's so big and full. It was incredible that you had the stamina to do that. And like, it was just such a beautiful sound, but like really full as well. Oh, that, thank you. That must have been hard. But I mean, did you have to pace yourself through the show when you were singing? A little bit, yes. Um, mm. I was very lucky in, in that um, it, it was, there were moments in the show where I could pull it right back. And I was very aware of that because, again, a lot of the stuff I've done musically has been big Broadway belts. I'm mm. usually the Ethel Merman part. And it was such a joy to have something that I could pull right back on and sing really quietly and know that, you know, your microphone works and it, it's going out and you don't need to push it. But I did feel as I was going through the show, there were bits in the show that I knew I had to get to. Moonwalk in the middle was a big, big sing. Yeah. So I'd gradually work up to that one. Then I could calm it down a little bit. We were also very clever. Um, I don't know if you noticed at placing um, c- certain points in the show where I could have a glass of water. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> ah, no. Because 90 minutes without a, any water yeah. is quite a lot when you're singing constantly. So we had moments in um, in the, the hotel room where Ruby came in. Yeah. She, and I was kicking off on the floor, <laughs> as it was. <laughs> um, she would hand me a little glass of water, which, which was entirely believable in a hotel room. There yeah. could be a glass of water. Then we got to the restaurant. Yeah. And I was handed a glass of water in the restaurant. And then I got to Ruby's apartment and had a glass of water, wine. In yes. there. <laughs> yeah. That, but then there was quite a gap. And that was my worry, that the last sip of water I had, there was another 20 minutes before I got to Sea of Tranquility. Yeah. So I just had to crack on and do it, hoping that it would come out. There yeah. was always that moment when I sat down and, and started Sea of Tranquility and thinking, okay, I'm not going to think about it, but I've still got this middle bit to do. Is it going yeah, to come out? Big. And like, touch, touch wood, it did come out every night. Um, yeah. And absolutely. it was fine. And I, because I'm not one for reading about things in shows or listening back or playing. And I don't read reviews um, until after the show's over. I still haven't read because read, read, I've been busy moving house. So I haven't read You Are Here ones. Um, and They're I, all very complimentary well, of you. Well, very kind. As they should be. And my husband yeah. sort of gave me the gist of some of them. Yeah. Um, um, but I don't, I don't read them in detail. And then, and I'd never watch. I did watch it last week. Oh, After we finished oh. the stream of it, um, Matthew sent me a copy of it. And um, I did watch it because I thought, if this is going out on streaming, I don't want to start plugging it and pushing it if I don't feel... I'm how I should yeah. be in it. Uh, but I was really pleased. Um, yeah. There was nothing that made me cringe, which is good. <laughs> there were no notes that made me cringe because sometimes you go, well, why didn't I just place that slightly differently or do that? I really enjoyed it and I yeah. think it's a beautiful piece. Yeah. I think everybody in it uh, and the whole thing, the sound of it, I mean, the beautiful play, what Laura did with those arrangements yeah. for the three of you was just beautiful. She's so clever. Um, it, it just... It felt lovely. And it was a shame we had to be socially distanced with the audience and it's a shame more people couldn't get to see it. I think we did it at a time where people were still a bit worried about going out. Yeah. Um, Definitely felt that with, I thought, with the matinee audiences maybe because you're sort of traditional matinee audience who might be going, weren't necessarily the demographic of people who are feeling comfortable about being out again at yeah. that time. But yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe in the future it'd be nice to think there possibly could be another life yeah. for it at some point. Absolutely. But it was lovely. And it's now nice, through lockdowns, that we all now have streaming copies of it. Yes. Which we never would have had. No. That is That's so good. And I think the great thing that has come out of it with theatre, it's been devastating for live theatre, but it may be a new way ahead with streaming things mm. that there are now, there's always people who can't get to London to see shows. Yeah. So if there's another way, I will always prefer to see something live. 
I think most people yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can't, we now have this option that we can stream things. Yeah. Record it and stream it for those who can't get out to see us. Exactly. The sound was really good on the streaming as well, wasn't it? Yeah. He was clever, Charles. That Charles was, really... was great. Yeah. And again, with Charles, I never felt like... I felt like he knew exactly where I was going. He yeah. could tell. In Monumental Day, that was sort of the first big, big number, big sort of belty number. He could suss out within that number as to how I was singing, as to how the rest of the show was going to go for me vocally. Yeah. He was Aww. great at turning it up and down and up and down. He was brilliant. The voice whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but there was never a moment where I had an issue with sound. Yeah, that's amazing. There was amazing. no point where you have to go, tonight it was a bit, could you just, not once in four weeks, which is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I thought that with the with the orchestrations, because you can't, often you'll lose, I was wondering whether you'd lose the sound of the cello, especially pizzicato and things. No. But actually it was really present, wasn't it? Yeah. Which was yeah. a bit of a shock, to be honest, at the beginning. I was like, <laughs> can hear me. Dear, oh dear. <laughs> Time to sharpen up <laughs> that pizzicato sound. <laughs> no, it was brilliant up on that platform. I know, that the platform make me laugh dreams. every day. We were doing a warm-up and <laughs> you and Hannah had come in and have to climb this ladder, <laughs> this upright ladder, oh. to get up there with your cello. It's like, blimey. How did none the of glamour. us fall? How? I, I was know. convinced somebody... Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know, but on the last... Well, the last show that I did, which was like two before the end um, because Hannah had to go and self-isolate yes so yeah. you this was the was, show you came to see that's what I came to yeah right. oh I mean hats off to Ben Woodgate for being awesome and just coming in was that in. the first night you saw it when he was at John no, for the first time yeah he was amazing he was amazing but he didn't close the door behind himself properly and I didn't notice till about halfway through and I looked round because we had a special door with the hook that you could you could hook it in and I just, I turned around and I saw that the hook was off. I was like, my palms started sweating. I was trying to calmly say to him, could you just lock yourself in? Because I thought if he goes back, he'll be down that ladder. No. Oh, God. Yeah, this little platform. Yeah. Oh, the glamour. Of oh, I know. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Isn't it? <sighs> yeah, they could see us in our dressing room as well. Oh, the glamour. Oh. <laughs> you know, four of us with a notice on the door saying, don't leave any food in here because the mice like it. You're like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> it's like that in every theatre pretty yeah. much, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what we love. Yeah. That, I suppose. yeah, absolutely. But it's the, yeah. um, what I loved about it is like the immediacy and also it's just pared down to like hardly any props at all, just some like blocks of wood basically and mm. some lighting and that's all you need for theatre, isn't it? So it's I like think the essence so. of it. I think, I think there's a place for everything within the theatre in that respect. But yeah. I do love the fact that you're having to sit there and imagine a little bit yeah. and you know and not just have every effect going mm. to, to try and impress you you're yeah. actually watching the show rather than watching anything else that was going on around it um because it was so pared down mm. and again that's what i love i love the intimacy of it i love doing things um one of my favorite plays i ever did was a play called hatched and dispatched at the park theater in finsby park oh yeah in right. their small one in the 90 all oh, right and it, we turned the, the theatre into a, a living room in Derby. And the people were actually in the living room around the edges with us. And that's what I love. I yeah. love seeing that, that not personally the reaction, because I don't find, look at people's faces, but just having them so close yeah. and hearing their reactions to it is my favourite. However, I love being at the Dominion and doing big to 2,000 people. That's yes. great as well, yeah. but it's, that's the joy of... Um, of what I do in, in the variety of, of the size of, of the productions. I was listening actually to an interview you did when you were doing, oh no, let me get the name of it right, Call Me Vicky. Yeah. Which, and that wasn't, that wasn't too long ago, was it? That was no, just that was quite recent. Probably two or three years ago at the Pleasance in, yeah. in Islington. Again, tiny. We yeah. were, it was literally a, 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 
uh, what do they call them? Um, Black box? A trailer um, container. Oh, right. That's what their small theatre is. It's a massive container. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with with about 60 seats in it. Yeah. But yeah, it was a new writing that two friends had written, Stacey and Nicola. Stacey's boyfriend, Marcus, I'd done Oh, What a Lovely War with him. And again, they sent me a script. Now, you know, it's this really lovely piece. It's a really important piece about transgender. um, And it's it's something that needs to be out there. It was a true story about their godmother, Vicky, who was born Martin and never felt right and um, transitioned into into Vicky. And it was a true story of her on the South London council estate. Um, And it, it was really important. Yeah. But again, it gave me something very different to do. To play South London, chain yeah. smoking, um, you know, um, terrible, terrible leggings and a tennis shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great because I love doing different characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the new writing is really important to me. Yeah, that's brilliant. So it's, it must be so interesting as well to sort of create a role rather than have a role that's already sort of pre That's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly yeah. it because it had never been done before. So there were no preconceptions of how it should be or how, you know, there are great roles that I'd love to pay, but, but if I do get to play them, there'll always be somebody saying, well, when such a body played it, I love the fact that I can do stuff. Nobody can say that. Yeah. About that, or about hatched, or or about you are yeah, here, really exactly. here. Because it never been done here. It's only once, wasn't it? In the once States. In, yeah, in Chicago yeah. Um, for a couple of weeks. So it's it's lovely to be able to create and not have anybody saying, "Well, she wasn't as good as," or "She didn't sing that like such a body." Yeah. Which I hate people doing anyway, because <sighs> everybody should be allowed to create their own character version of a show, of a, a role or a show. Yeah. So it's. Um, no, I do love the creativeness of it. Yeah. Is theatre, was that your first sort of way into performing? Yeah. Um, via dancing school right. and via school plays. I remember yeah. doing um, The Boyfriend. At, I went to a grammar school, so it wasn't really the in thing to be creative particularly. <laughs> uh, you know, it was all about the exams. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was until we did I did a few productions at school Um which ended up with being in the boyfriend when I was, well, it was year five, but what will be year 11 now? Because um, I'm old and still O-levels. No, I still <laughs> yeah. no, So it would have been that. And I think I was doing my O-levels and I think that's when the headmistress, Miss Bingham, she always sort of did that thing, oh, you, what do you want to do? You want to go to drama school? Don't be silly, don't be silly. Um, and I think that's when she realised, seeing me and the boyfriend at school, that maybe it was something yeah. that I should do and, and really wanted to do. Um, and I went to dancing school um, and then came down to London at 16. So it's always been part of... My sister's an actress as well, so we've always, it's always been part of our family. Yeah. Um, my sister did one thing when she was a child, and then none of us were allowed to do anything else. We had to get back to normal life. She played oh. Annie when she was 10. Wow. Um, cool. At the um, Adelphi in London. It came back into the Adelphi for a Christmas season. And I was the one, and she's four years younger than me, so <laughs> by this point I was 14, um, I dragged my mother and, and her along to these auditions in Manchester because I wanted to audition for Annie. I literally walked under a tape measure and hit it and they went, sorry, you can't audition. <laughs> so no. I didn't even get to audition. No. Yeah. Oh. And, and, and then, or I think I sang one line of Happy Birthday, which was always the audition. Then you walk under a tape measure and if you're taller than five foot, you're out. So by 14, I was. However, my sister walked underneath it, sang and got the part, got the lead. <laughs> so, um, so it was fabulous. She came down to London. But then she, my mum and dad were very sensible when she'd done it and said, no, let's get back to school until you're 16 and then you can decide. 
So at 16, I came down to London and, and trained in musical theatre because theatre mm. was the, some, the thing that I always loved. Mum would take us to see shows at the Palace in Manchester and the yes. Opera House when they came yeah. round. Um, and it's what I fell in love with. Those movie musicals, I would have loved to have been born in the 50s. Oh, yeah, incredible. Um, all those. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> my sister and I would watch them for hours and hours. Um, and it was my first love, always. Always yeah. what I wanted to do. And in that same respect, if somebody said to me now, theatre or TV, theatre would win, hands down. Yeah. I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather not do any TV again if I could just, if I had to choose. Three. Three. I've been very, very fortunate that doing the bigger shows and the TV stuff has subsidised me yeah. being able to say, I'll come to your theatre with 60 seats and be paid £150 a week yeah. because I want to do the part. That's yeah. the difference. And I know there's lots of actors that aren't able to do that, um, you know, but very lucky through my circumstances and hard work. Well, quite. This is the thing, <laughs> exactly. you know, yeah. is just handed on a plate. I have worked quite yeah. hard in the last 30 years. Um, <laughs> I've been able to sit back and do some of the roles that I want to do for nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is lovely. But no, theatre is my first love. So where did you study in, in London? I went to um, the London Studio Centre, which is at the time, was like fame. We were cool. all on stairs with leg warmers on and yeah. headbands wow. and, you know, people singing in corridors. They just moved to a... And, well, and while I was training there, they moved to a new building in York Way at King's Cross. Mm. Yeah. Brand new spanking building. Six floors of studios and canteen. And, oh, wow. and it was like fame. Um, and it's, it's, it's still going Studio Centre, but it's a much bigger operation yeah. now. When I was there, there were sort of 20 in a year and you chose your timetable, which was perfect because I was able to pick how many singing lessons I wanted a week and how many dancing and the acting. Um, and I loved it. And we did shows and I lived at the YWCA around the corner, <laughs> sharing a room with four girls, £19 a week it was, <laughs> with a little portable TV on a chair at the end of my bed. Um and I loved it and we had such a great time there and I met friends for life um, who, you know, some are still in the business, some aren't, but the people who were there in my year at Studio Centre were, um, Liz Hurley was the year above me. No. Yeah. Um, Tamsin Althwaite was yeah. just below me, um, Laurie Brett from East End below yeah. me, Stephen Meir, the fabulous choreographer, he was the year above me. Yeah. Um, so it's loads of people still in the business and loads who aren't and are still really, really good friends. Yeah. So we had a great time there. Um, but by the end of three years, I was ready to get out and start doing work. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's more known for its dance now, so I certainly wouldn't be there now if I was, if I was going there. Oh, but um, hang on now. Yeah. I read that... Uh, <laughs> that uh, hang on. <laughs> that, didn't you get your your equity card came through dancing, oh, right? God. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, it did. Oh, do tell us about it. Oh, God. It was horrendous. Um, well, when you had to have your equity card and you had to work for your equity card, you can't just phone up and say, can I have an equity no. card? You had to do 13 weeks of a contract or 13 consecutive days. So three of us from college, that one of the girls, her cousin, set up this dance group of four girls and she knew Philip Salon, who was at the time in the 80s, was full of the boy, boy George era. Yeah. He was his manager um, and it was all, you know, very 80s. Um, and he set up this nightclub in the Piccadilly Theatre um, on a Saturday night. So after the show had finished, at the time I think it was a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, after the show had finished, the the bars would turn into a nightclub. But in order to have a licence for alcohol, he had to have 
entertainment. Right. So us four girls each Saturday night had to dance on the stage at the Piccadilly Theatre from 10.30 till 1.30, I think, or or 2.30. It was three or four hours non-stop. (laughs) Oh, my God. Improvising. (laughs) It was a nightmare. (laughs) In different costumes each week. We had a theme each week. It culminated on New Year's Eve being dressed as the swans, the white swans from Swan Lake. Wowzers. I mean, just bizarre. (laughs) Absolutely bizarre. And I hated every single minute of it. But all I could do on stage was think, I'm going to get my equity card at the end of this. So we had to work hard to get our equity cards then. Um, But it's all all character building stuff, isn't it? Of course. It it was awful. You're totally making up the dance. Yeah. (laughs) Four hours. Just four of you just... And then we'd say, you can go off now for ten minutes to leave three of us on. You'll turn to go off. Oh, my God. It was horrible. (laughs) And we'd we'd make it up, but we'd also, through the week at college, if we'd learnt routines in class, we'd fit one of those routines in. There'd be a Stephen Mir moment there and a Bill Drysdale moment there and a, you know, Theresa Kerr rock jazz moment there. We're going, I'm going to do that bit from Bill's tap this week. Yeah, with no tap shoes on. Okay. All join in. It was horrid. God, Horrid. the things that we do, though, early yeah. in your career. I mean, there's so many, But I got there. that red provisional card through, and then luckily yeah. from then, once you had your provisional card... Oh, that wasn't your door, was it? Yes, it was. Can yeah. we start? Yeah, Let's yeah, take a pause yeah. while yeah. you right. go, yeah, Go of course it, it is. So, so once you had... Um, we're going like a biography here. Sort of I know. Through it's your like, life. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is your but life. But once you'd done your... <laughs> when you were old. Once you had your, your card, your mm. equity card, Yeah. did you... Did you? What did you do then? I didn't have an agent. Right. It was very rare then in the late 80s that people, they didn't do things like showcases like they do now at drama oh, yeah, colleges. Yeah, yeah. Most people now leave with an agent. Mm. I didn't have an agent for two years after leaving college, so I had to do it all myself. And that was in the days of writing letters, sending photographs. There was no internet. It was all, you know, by hand. Um, and there was a thing called PCR. I can't remember what it stands for. It was a bit like Spotlight. Um, where jobs would come up and you'd write off to them. And I did a heck of a lot of writing. And I had, I remember blue note paper. It must have been in at the time. <laughs> and I had a typewriter. Oh, and yes. I typed out letters. Yeah. And oh, then signed classy. it. You know, that's signed good. it at the bottom with little stickers with my address on. <laughs> oh, uh, and, and big 10 by, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten, big 10 by 8 photos. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. saying, this is me. Yeah. Um, and it cost a fortune then. Now it's all digital. It's so much cheaper to do. But it cost a fortune. And if you didn't put a stamped address envelope in, you didn't get it back. Oh, yeah. So with photos, you had to put a stamped address because they were expensive repros. Um, And I just did a heck of a lot of writing. And it paid off eventually. I left in the July um, and I was working at the time as (laughs) chief follow spot on chess at the Prince Edward Theatre. That was my college job. Wow. So I did follow spot for a long, long time. Um, And... Um, which is quite, I'm quite critical about lighting. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's Alice good having a brilliant that job on that, you are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure, I'm quite, quite critical. Um, <laughs> and, and I wrote and wrote, and eventually I got an audition for um, the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield for their panto. Oh. Yeah. Um, they still did their own panto every Christmas then, before it went all commercialised, um, you know, with the other theatres in Sheffield. And I got an audition, and I got um, got a job there, and I did a panto season, Um it was a very long panto season there. Which uh, one was it? Every minute. It was Cinderella. And I yeah. was just one of the dancers. I was yeah. one of the ensemble. Um, but it, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience and sort of reassured me that I was doing the right thing and it was yeah. what I wanted to do. 
And then after that, I had a bit of time out again and kept writing and writing to people. And then there was an open audition. They still had open calls then. They don't do them very often now. Open auditions, cattle markets, they were like. Um, And um, for Hello, Dolly on tour with Dora Bryan. And I went along to this open audition and got gradually whittled down and whittled down. Um, And um, it was a dancing audition, I have to say. Yeah, it was a dancing audition. So all those those, those, those Saturday (laughs) nights of the Piccadilly (laughs) Theatre paid off. Um, And um, and then we had to sing as well because it was from the ensemble. And I got got the job, um, which was lovely. And I think you made you even more appreciative not having an agent and knowing you'd done all the hard work yourself to get to that point. Um, And even after Dolly... It was another year and a half before I managed to get an agent. Mm. And it was all just from open auditions and writing myself um, to get these jobs. Mm. But Dolly was a lovely experience. Um, the first sort of big musical with a big band. And yeah. it was great just to yeah. hear that. I think that was my first sort of Zitz Probe and Band Call. We yeah. go, wow! Yeah. Oh, it was my favourite bit. Yes. Yeah. That was the best moment, so yeah. I Sits Pros. Sits Pros is my favourite day of it all. I mean, yeah. you're so excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to hear it all together for the first yeah. time. So, no, Dolly was a great experience and my first big musical thing. And I met my husband on it, so Aww. it's not been too bad a show. To... <laughs> <laughs> we're still speaking, we're still together, so yeah. it's all right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Actually, this has gone slightly off piece back again. I was going to say, um, when you were doing Coronation Street, I imagine it's quite similar in some ways to doing... Uh, show where you're with a group of people so much for that amount of time did it have like that sort of familial feeling that you get when you're on a show did you feel did it feel like a family up there um yeah and I think we everybody always says that and everyone's over just saying that it is very mm. much a family orientated show the difference being is um because of shooting schedules you they would film on one day all of the Battersby house things right on another day all of the Platts household and, and then one day would be the Rovers. Right. So the only day you really got to see everybody is if you're in scenes in the Rovers. Yeah. So you'd all get together then. Otherwise, you got to know your family, your yeah. Corrie family, very, very well. Mm. Yeah. So, again, that's why I'm still in touch with Jenny McAlpine that plays my daughter Fizz and, and Sam that plays Chesney yeah. and Andy that plays Kurt because we did a lot of work together um, yeah. scene-wise. Um, so you get to know them. The difference being, for me, because I didn't live in Manchester... I drive up, do my work, and then drive back down to London. So I didn't have a lot of social time. It wasn't like, yeah. I, you know, if I wasn't working, somebody would say, oh, we're going out tonight, you're coming out. I wasn't there. Yeah. So it, it felt a bit different in that respect. Um, but we always had a brilliant time out, you know, in the do's and the charity do's and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but I still see uh, Jenny and Sam when I'm up touring in Manchester with shows. We always meet for brunch or something and, oh, and catch up on time. Yeah. Because I love that element of being in a show or doing something like that. It just feels, it's, it's great, isn't it? It's just yeah. such a community thing. And I wondered if it was the same sort of thing. Because I just imagine on something that's running for so long as well. That I would know. imagine, because when I was there, there was, there was no internet on phones and there were no WhatsApp groups and all that kind of thing. I would imagine now they probably have a WhatsApp group. Yeah, you, you think so, I mean, come sure. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Barbara Knox isn't on it and, you know, and, Ken Bar- and William Roach, Ken Barlow. Yeah, yeah. But you'd imagine the younger ones have probably got a WhatsApp group, um, yeah. as you do now with shows. You know? and, yeah. some, and some shows, the WhatsApp groups fizzle out. Yeah. And other shows, you know, they're still, they're still, every week somebody comes in with something else. And, and something, you yeah, have a, a laugh at Alexa. Yeah, yeah. Something terrible. Yeah, usually, <laughs> usually, <laughs> yeah, usually something like that. But yeah, so, so there is there is that family feel to it. Oh. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh. Were there others on, in the cast of Corey that had done a lot of stage? Um, a few, but not many. Especially yeah. the youngsters. The youngsters... See, I'm sounding like I'm ancient now. <laughs> I am. Um, the youngsters would have been cast straight either from while they were still at school or yeah. straight out of school mm. or from, um, you know, young people's theatre groups, as in training, not yeah. as in doing shows. So a lot of them don't have a theatre background. Your older actors, when I was there, people like Betty Driver and Barbara Knox, and they obviously all did theatre beforehand. Yeah. Um, and Sue Cleaver had done a lot of theatre. Um, so not many, though. Much more of a, a television yeah. world. Because a lot of them, it would have been one of their first jobs out of drama school. And, you know, they've decided and all been lucky enough and decided they want to stay there. So yeah. you don't get the opportunity to go and do the others, other things, as in theatre. Mm. Whereas I sort of, after four and a half years, decided that I'd loved every minute, but I really wanted to get back to doing yeah. other things. And I thought it was, it was a, a good time yeah. without being too established there and too, you know, stuck in. It would have been very different, I suppose, had I lived in Manchester and yeah. it had been local to go to mm. drive to work. I think living down London was quite a good thing in the respect it made me think it's time to move on. Yeah. And then when you did come to leave, how did you find it? Was it tricky because people sort of saw you as your as Scylla Battersby or did you find that you were, I know, I've heard you say before that maybe you got pigeonholed a little bit, but mm. how, what was the balance of being able to get in the room to get seen for certain things and being pigeonholed? Was it sort of 50-50? Fifth, I, yeah, I always say it's a bit 50-50. I'm very grateful to her for lots of things that have come out of it, yeah. out of Corrie, uh, certain things that I certainly wouldn't have been doing if it wasn't for her. But there's other things that I do feel a little bit um, that it's, she's stopped me. Um, Still now, would you say? I would say even oh, now. Really? Yeah, yeah, even now, what, we're 14, 15 years yeah. on since I left full time. Um, certainly TV-wise, I, I get struggled. I struggle to get seen for a lot of television or stuff. Or if, I, if they do or if they send me stuff, you could literally replace the character name with Scylla. Because oh, people yeah. still think... Yeah for some you know that I'm like her um so I I just obviously don't want to do that so I say no um theatre wise I'm very lucky that I had a theatre career beforehand Mm. so people do still you know know it's what I can do and I do however there are certain things within musical theatre mainly where I don't think I get taken seriously enough as a musical theatre actress 
because of now having a TV profile. God, really? People do go, well, she, but she's, she's a soap star. She can't do musicals. Well, I did quite a few yeah. before I got Coronation Street. You know, I play. I did Into the Woods. I did, you know, legit. Big roles. Yeah. Red yeah. Robin, Into the Woods, you know, lots yeah. and lots of legit roles. Yeah. But I still don't get taken seriously within that world, which annoys me a little yeah. bit. Because there's lots of things I'd love to be doing. I, they wouldn't, I couldn't get seen for Follies at the National. Right. No, there's, really? you know, I just think, oh, you wouldn't even let, see me. How do you expect me to sh- to have a chance and, and get out there and show people what I can do? Which yeah. is why I jump at the th- chance when things like you are here. Well, I was wondering up. if things like that, where you are, so, I mean, you're, it's your show essentially. Yeah. That, it's that surely as people see things like that, and you know, that must really help. Well, it's getting people to see <laughs> yeah, them. That's exactly. The thing. Yeah. yeah. So you know, hopefully now with the streaming of it, I can let yeah. people see it. But yeah, I, I sometimes feel a little bit a little bit of a gripe about that, that yeah. I don't get taken that seriously within the musical world. I don't I don't claim to be technically a, a brilliant or the best singer. I, I see myself as an, act, an actor who sings and I think that's quite a lovely thing and quite important mm. thing that for me, I'd much rather go and see a musical where somebody is acting a song rather than just technically singing it brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But there has yeah. to be emotion yeah. in it. And I do, I'm not technically the best singer. I, I, don't, I haven't had singing lessons since I left college over the years, very rarely, uh, which I probably should have done, but, you know, I was doing other things, so yeah. you don't. Um, <laughs> and I do think now sometimes, and some people might not like me saying this, um, there is far too much um, impetus put on, and, uh, put on technical singing. Mm. as to how you should be singing a note instead of just singing. Mm. Instead of just going with a song and not worrying about how you're placing it or how you're singing it or what it actually sometimes sounds like. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important that we do get back to just singing yeah. and enjoying the singing. Um, but anyway, well, this comes from somebody who people no. don't see from musicals, so that's no good. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we were having a similar conversation, really, in a different context. The other mm. day with... Um, with a guy that we chatted to who's mm-hmm. a saxophonist and he was talking about that thing of being either becoming obsessed with the technical element or thinking about your sound and that sounds very similar and I found that a very refreshing and healthy way to That's, view yes. things. Yeah, he was talking about the, the two things like facility and yeah. sound Yeah, and really for him it comes down to sound and it's, yeah. I, I guess you could translate that to um, acting and, and putting across the character and all and the, the the journey or whatever yeah, it yeah, is yeah. about mm. the, the thing you're, the story you're doing you're telling so and and yeah if that means in fact so that's different to sound isn't it I suppose because maybe the sound won't be quite as good but you're actually acting it really well yeah I think that's the thing I think there were some nights um, I, I keep going back to you I hear but I had such a lot to sing in that that it's quite yeah. it's, it's easy to talk about it within that there were some nights where I felt really happy vocally um, mm. my, and I thought I can just sing tonight there's other nights where I think I've got a bit of a niggle there tonight I mm. feel a bit tired and when you're tired and you've got a niggle, it's very you have to think about how you're singing yeah. instead of just being able to sing it. Mm. And that's how I explain it, that if yeah. I have a little bit of a worry on the, the vo- on the voice or I'm tired, it's so much harder and you have to think about how you're singing it rather than just what you're singing. Yeah, yes, Which absolutely. Is hard. It doesn't necessarily sound any different, but no. for you, there's something else in the brain that you're worrying about rather yeah. than just being. Oh, I know. It's very frustrating, isn't it? I know I feel that, that in different ways. I think yeah. it happens at any any level in any yes, arena, doesn't it? To anyone, I think. Yeah. On top form. Yeah. yeah. Even if you feel on top form, but 
I don't know, I have it sometimes where like I have like a, a hair will just hurt in my, on my lip or yeah. something for some reason. Then that day it's like, that's well, just going to hurt all day. But mm. I've just got to keep playing and yeah. trying to, you know, just not think about it too much. But you can't yeah. enjoy it freely like, like you would on other days. But. Yeah. No, exactly. Mm. And I guess in longer runs, you know, any oh, leg of runs. Run. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Oh, then you get, go through whole weeks or like a oh, month. I, could, I don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, what you are here was what, four weeks? Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine. Well, I would because I loved it in <laughs> six months, but it would be hard. Yeah. I would have to be living like a nun for six months. <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, you know, right. straight home to bed, yeah. getting up, you know, doing some exercise, more than not one glass of Sauvignon Blanc at the end of that run. <laughs> <laughs> the reaction to you doing soaps and getting typecast and things, um, did that change anything in what you decided to do? Did you think maybe I'll try and write something myself or, or, or did it change like that? Oh, I'm going to audition for more of this or try and audition for all this stuff. I don't know. Did it change anything about your approach? It, um, it didn't change my approach really. And I'd, I'd certainly never think about writing. I'm the least creative person when it comes to writing. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm very good with, with my hands as in um, sewing, decorating, baking, those kind of things. I love cooking. But when it comes to writing and a drawing, oh my God, I can't draw. I was terrible at art. <laughs> and it's just not me. So I couldn't yeah. think about writing something. Um, so no, that didn't come into my brain. I saw, I, I've worked my way around things thinking, okay, things coming in for theatre, a bit of TV's coming in. What other, what other things are there within my business that I could do? And I suddenly went down the voiceover route because I thought, okay, I've now got a voice that's quite well known, mm. certainly for being a character-wise as her, which I can do, but I also then can adapt it and do me as well. Um, so I very, I just, I picked up the phone. Somebody had recommended this voiceover agent. And again, people said, oh, you know, write, send. I thought, you know, I'm not going to write, I'm not going to send, I'm not going to email. The only way to do it is to pick up the phone. So I mm. literally taught my way into coming in to meet this voiceover agent. I wasn't going to give her the option to say no. You know, I said, somebody's recommended and I can do this. And I need to, can you recommend someone to get a voiceover reel done? Well, I could, I said, well, why don't I just come in and see you? <laughs> yes. So I did. I I'm went outside in to see, now. Yeah, I went in to see, and she was, Annette at the time was running the, the agency. And, and she said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to take you on. And she was brilliant. And within two weeks, I was doing the bold TV adverts for the, you know, the washing powder. Oh, yes. I, I contracted to bold for two years. Brilliant. Um, and and then um, Laura t- Annette retired and Laura took over and I've just been very lucky um, as 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 pretty much a secondary part of my career to have that as well mm. doing TV adverts doing TV programs I did the narration on a program called Britain's Best Bakery for four series and oh, Nightmare Tenant Slum Landlords I do the voice <laughs> I did the voiceover on that oh. for three years that's two quite contrasting yeah. uh, roles there <laughs> yeah. isn't it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I found I found other little n- niches within the business that have, have kept me interested, yeah. but also brought in an income as well. And luckily, during lockdown, Laura, she just sent me an email saying, if you can get the week before everything shut down, if you can get this equipment in your house now, do it. So yeah. I literally, yes. luckily, I had a bit of, I'd had some residuals came in from something. I went, I'm going to spend it on that. So I set up a little home studio in our old house because we just moved in a cupboard. It was a cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> I literally couldn't move in it. I was like that. But I set it up and I did throughout lockdown voiceovers from home. So oh, I managed perfect. to work during lockdown. 
and um, have a you know a bit of an income coming in. That was an so, excellent yeah, move. I did legal and general adverts. I did a lot of the BritBox adverts on TV, yeah. um, and it was great because it gave me a bit of work to do. I wasn't going out of the house, so that was it felt different. But it was a little bit of focus. Waking up and going at ten o'clock, I'm online to such a body in a mm. studio and, and talking to people as well about work. Yeah, um, it was it was lovely, and it, it kept me going really. Yeah. I was lucky. Did you suddenly become an expert on, on microphones and You and would not technology? believe. I mean, I'm the least technical person. I can work my <laughs> oh, iPad and my phone. Yeah, I can work my Except. iPad and my phone. Yeah, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, and I actually amazed myself how I set up, without Kenny's help, I set up the whole of the studio myself. Oh, yes. We're downloading WavePad and downloading Source Connect now. All these things oh, through I the studio. I don't studios. even know what those things are. Oh, you oh. see, <laughs> WavePad's, I can record it yeah. to, to a very professional level yeah. and then email it through to the studio. Yeah. Um, through, my, through my laptop, through a, a very a, a nice, a good tech microphone. Um, mm. Yeah. What have you got? What mic you got? Yeah. I've got, the, well, she recommended a Yeti. Yeti. Oh, Blue Yeti? Yeah. They're good. Yeah, They're good for vocally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have that one um, through some big soundproof thing that goes around the back of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so it really worked. That's it great. really worked. But I amazed myself with how I delivered these voiceovers to ITV studios and down the line Source Connect <laughs> yes. now. I was like, come on, you can do anything now. Yeah. 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 That's so it, so was, good. it was really good. So it was a, it was a good it was good in in boosting my confidence technically wise, but also great for work and bringing a bit of money yeah. during lockdown. I felt very lucky. Um, so you were saying you've got something coming up in September? Is that right? Is there something you can talk about? Or? Yeah, they well, they haven't officially announced it. Although one of the theatres that we're going to did put out the, a tweet when they shouldn't have done. So it is oh, out there. Okay, good. It is out there. I'm doing. I start rehearsals um, in September for a tour of. Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Oh. Horror. Amazing. Yeah, it's quite exciting. Oh. It's a really great script. Um, there's six in the cast, multi-role, um, and um, obviously based on, not on the film, but based on the original Washington Irving story yeah. uh, of the Headless Horseman. And we have uh, illusions and effects that are being done by the Harry Potter people in town. <gasps> so wow. the illusions are going to be quite good, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'm playing the Mad Old Widow. Um, Widow Papenfoss, um, which is great. She's hilarious. It just says be Arthur type. I thought I can do that. I can do that. That'd be great. Great. Um, so, uh, so I it's just, gonna be fun. I just had a doorbell. Yeah, oh, I think. I, yeah. Pause. Pause. Yeah, <laughs> so Sleepy Hollow, though. Yes. So exciting. where do you start off? Do you know? We um, we start rehearsals in Bromley at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley. Yes. It's a Bromley tour. Great. Lovely. Um, and we do a week there just to open up, and then we do. I'm trying to think what the digs I've booked. This is what you're going to do your tour list. Um, York, we'll do it. It's, it's a bit of a Waitrose tour, which I love. Oh, you know, any place that have Waitrose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Malvern, York, Edinburgh, um, Oldham, which would be lovely because I can stay at my dad's. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's some really lovely places. Um, Eastbourne. Oh. Um, and that takes me through to November. Then there's a bit of a break with it. And then it goes back in March. We don't have the, the actual venues yet, but there'll be about another four or five weeks in February. Oh, that's um, exciting. Mm. Yeah, no, it'd be lovely. Uh, and nice not to have to worry too much vocally because mm. there's no singing. There's the odd, you know, but, transition um, between scenes, ditty, but I don't think I sing them. So there's no singing to worry about vocally. Yeah. Um, so nice. it'd, it'd be nice, a nice nice company and a nice, yeah. nice, nice director. ease back into it. Lovely director. Oh. He's Geordie. Oh, yeah. so I can get it off Jake. Time to there practice. Jake, yeah, who I've done a few readings for in the past. And um, 
Uh, so yes, and and Philip and Philip's Geordie as well. That's written it from South Shields. Wow. So uh, that's it's time to hone on my uh, Geordie it is. accent, isn't it? It's that's time. what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a great piece. Um, so look, really looking forward to that, and just get back into a rehearsal room. Yeah. Again, really. awesome. uh, that takes through November, and then a bit of panto. Are which you? was postponed from last year, obviously. Yeah. It's just been moved to this year. So I'm in Leicester for Panto at the De Montford. Nice. Oh, um, that'd be so... Do you like yeah. Panto? Is it fun to do I them? I do. I love doing Panto. I love... Um, again, it's, it's a bit knackering, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's what you expect, two shows a day. Um, do you ever stretch to three? Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Depends which company you're working from, which theatre yeah. you're at. Didn't last year. I was at... Last year, year before last, yeah. obviously, um, I was at Bath Theatre or Bath. Oh, I love so it there because it's more of a theatre crowd. Yeah, we don't do three shows, <laughs> which was lovely. Part of a Waitrose tour, there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Um, so we did didn't do three shows. However, before then, the last three years before then, I have done three show Saturdays. Wow! And so you do three on a Saturday, two on a Sunday. It's just. <sighs> By the end of Sunday, <laughs> oh, even. Oh I don't. Think, I think I have got Sundays with this in Leicester, but I don't think there's any three shows. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be good. Oh, so a little three week run of Panto. It's fun. I love it. Yeah. I love. I love doing it. I'm back to being nasty this year because I've been Ooh. nice for the last sort of couple of years. I'm back to being Wicked Queen this year, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I bet that's the fun, kids. isn't it? Oh, if you yeah. can't make a kid cry, <laughs> you know, what's, what's you know, it's very Christmas. much my school of parenting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just make them cry. You're doing your job properly there. Yeah. You know, Wicked Queen's doing the job properly. She, the kids are crying. So yeah, so I love that. But I do love the kids. It's, it's lovely seeing kids' first introduction to theatre. Yeah, and seeing their reactions yeah, yeah. and and you know enjoying themselves. Oh, it's at great, isn't it? I've never been in the bill. Oh, crying. You've never been in the bill? I've never been in the bill. You've not even been in the bill? That's a confession. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I managed to do a Midsummer Murders a couple of years ago. Yeah, excellent. Fantastic. Uh, But uh, but I've never been in the bill. I don't think I've ever played a policewoman. I like to play a policewoman. Yeah. Yeah. But you did bad girls, though, didn't you? Oh, God. <laughs> You've been on the other side of the law, haven't you? Yeah. yeah, just say the name of I your played, character. Um, Pam Podger. Jolly. <laughs> Great name. Pamela Pam Jolly, Podger. but her nickname was Podger. Oh, Guess why? I had, to wear, oh. I had to wear a fat suit. Oh. Yeah, I, I, Gracie, my daughter was three months old when I got the call. And it came quite, the funny was the audition came through because my agent at the time was away on holiday. My best friend, Janice, who is Gracie's godmother, who used to live in Walthamstow, unfortunately passed away 10 years ago, she was working in the same office as an agent. And she was looking after me while my my agent was away. And she said, this this casting's just come in. She said, can I read you the breakdown? And it's hilarious. And we did it for a bit of a joke. Because even in the breakdown, it said she had a club foot. She was, you know, she was a big lass. She she was a bit disturbed. And she said, shall I put you up for it? I went, yeah, go on. Go on, give you a laugh. Well, I got an order. I got a casting for it, didn't I? And I go to this casting and I'm having to scream because she was mad. She thought Pam Jolly, Podger, um, was in prison in, in Bad Girls because she'd killed the gas man who'd come to read the meter and something in her head told her she had to kill him. So the gas man got killed by Podger Pam. So this casting I had to be Podger Pam obviously and I had to scream and I had to do on that and Kenny had driven to Three Mills it was at because they filmed at Three Mills he'd driven with Gracie in the car who was three months old (laughs) in her car seat and Kenny could hear me from the car park (laughs) screaming in this casting thinking what on earth is she doing in there and then I got a recall for it 
And, you know, you ju- there's things like those Victoria Wood sketches where they do a, a skit on being an actress. Yeah. And you see six actresses sat outside a casting room, all dressed exactly the same. Well, I literally walked into this room and there were six of us, all <laughs> of various, varying different sizes, yeah. because they weren't quite sure how podgy podgy Pam had to be, obviously. Um, all waiting there. And we all went in one by one. And I can't believe it when Janice called me and said, Bloody gone! Can I say that? Uh, yeah. Bloody gone and got it. Yeah. I can't believe it. And then I go for this fitting. They had to dye my hair black, so that was oh, a bit of a shock to the system. Wow. Yeah. And cut it. And then they said, "And here's your fat suit. We want it to be bigger." <laughs> so oh, I had to wear God. a fat suit for Podge Pam, which would, been, which would have been fine, <laughs> except one of the scenes was me stabbing attacking and trying to stab Shell Dockley, who was like the lead girl in Bad Girls, Deborah Stevenson, in a shower. So I spent two days in the shower on a closed set because poor Deborah had to be naked. Podger was in a full outfit, in a fat suit. But when a fat suit gets wet, it weighs you down. (laughs) It was horrid. And it was wet and it was cold and it'd get cold, then it'd get warm again. So I spent two days fighting with Deborah Stevenson in a shower. And then, of course, we ended up being in Corrie together at the same time. I bet she had PTSD, yeah. Well, the the, the, the great thing is nobody... Remember, nobody even recognises me. And when I say, you say you're in Bad Girls, they go, what did you play? No, that wasn't you. <laughs> yes, it was. And I scare myself when I look at some of the photos of her. Because she was, I mean, she was scary, scary, scary person. But great fun. I think I did three or four episodes in that series. Yeah. And But I also think that probably perhaps was a lead on to getting Corrie. Because yeah. then I did nothing for two years. And I looked, I, I did nothing. I was a mum. I looked after Gracie. Yeah. I was busy. But no castings came in. And I decided, as Gracie was going to nursery at three, that I would give it one more shot. So I changed my agents, and within six weeks, I got Coronation Street. God, that's amazing. And I think it all comes down to timing and luck. Yeah. Because you change agents, they do a mail-out. My photo with curly hair happened to land on the desk at Corrie on June West's desk at the right time. They were looking for a mum for fizz. Yeah. And I really feel if, if I hadn't changed agents, I probably wouldn't have got that casting. And I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. I'd still be working, fingers crossed, but certainly not doing what it's I'm It's incredible, doing. isn't it, how yeah. life goes like that? Like yeah. one it's, decision. It's and... too much to even think about, isn't yeah. it? It really, <laughs> really is. Yeah. You are listening to Three in a Bar. We talk to musicians about their life. If you like this show, you can give us five stars on iTunes. Or a cast or other things like that. Yeah. Was it nerve-wracking going back into theatre or did you... Because, well, I suppose it was it four years. And yeah. were you doing any theatre while you were in Corrie? No, you're time? not allowed to. When oh, you're really? Corrie, you can't do any other oh. yeah. jobs. Which is why it became a bit... There were moments when um, you'd have a bit of time out because you'd have your episodes in the book and then you'd have weeks out, whatever, and your storyline would go through. And if you weren't in the storyline, you sometimes... And new producers would come in um, and... You know, some producers like your character, some don't. It's Everybody has their own preferences and personal tastes. But at one point, a producer came in that didn't, after a very busy period for Scylla, didn't particularly like my character. Uh, and I remember looking in the book, which told me my episodes for the next couple of months, how many, and I had 11 weeks without any episodes. Oh! And I thought, OK, you want me to be out for 11 weeks? That's fair enough, that's your choice. But I can't go and do anything else. So, you know, on, on the retainers, when you're not in an episode, you're being paid. I can't yeah. survive on that. So 
you can go and do chat shows, you can go and do game shows, and you get, you know, paid nice bits for that. Yeah. But other than but proper, I'm saying proper, proper theatre work, no, exactly. theatre contracts you can't go and do. Mm. So that was a moment for me when I went, mm, maybe I need to go out and do something. Yeah. So once I left, I think I was doing little bits still for promotion-wise for TV because you're, obviously you're on screen for another eight weeks before when you've finished filming. And then I, I got a panto. So panto was my first back, way back in. Yeah. So it was great fun. So you didn't really think about that. It was great. And then I went through into other bits and pieces. And then I did a one-woman play, a bit oh, like wow. you are here. I did yeah. a thing called Mrs. Whippy, which Cecilia Ahern had written, that yeah. wrote P.S. I Love You. She's a yeah. big Irish playwright. Yeah, yeah. She'd written this novella called Mrs. Whippy. And we did a one-woman play of it. I toured Ireland, did Dublin and Ireland. Oh, amazing. Um, so that was, you know, another two hours on my own. No singing, just monologue. And what's that, that was quite scary. Yeah. That was quite scary. However, the difference with that is it was just me. So if I went wrong in my head, nobody else knew and I could slip back into which bit and, and move it around a little bit and nobody really knew. Yeah. Whereas with you are here, you couldn't because you had three other people on stage mm. with yeah. you. Um, so that sort of got me over the nerves of being back in theatre. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I was back in then and it was fine. Yeah. Um, but it was lovely to be back in doing it. Oh, yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Um, to, to, the, the, so the thing you're doing later, the Sleepy Hollow thing, mm. I wonder if that, doing uh, the sort of small cast playing multiple roles, I wonder if that's going to be a bit of a, a golden age for that because it's a, it's a bit more COVID-friendly. It's a bit more bankable. I think that's the thing now. I think producers are now thinking ahead to what we've been through over the last 18 months and how they can try and accommodate with the least risk to everybody, health-wise and booking-wise, to get theatre back in, into some kind of form. Because it's going to take a while, unfortunately. Yeah. And we found that out now with, with Hairspray going back on social distance. One person within that show gets pinged or tested positive. It's off for 10 days. That can't be financially viable for any producer. No. No. So I think taking shows down to, pairing them down to as little as we can, six in the cast... Um, probably two covers, two walking covers, um, three stage management is the way to go um, to try and make it work without too many people being ill or mm. pinged. Um, hopefully it'll work. Yeah. yeah, I think it's quite an interesting time though. You'll get some interesting adaptations of, of things. Yeah, that... of, of different things going out there. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very, Sleepy Hollow is a very clever thing to do in as much as it will attract people who remember the Johnny Depp film. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's similar-ish. It's not, it's not that, but um, it's the same, similar story. And so it'll bring younger people in to watch it, um, but, but older people remembering the original novel and just a bit of illusion and a bit of horror. It's yeah. something different. We don't yes. see it very often. It's much horror, and, and it very it's rarely works as well. So fingers crossed, I'm sure ours is going to work, obviously. Yeah. Because uh, we've got brilliant <laughs> illusions and brilliant company and a brilliant script. Yeah. It's going to work. Um, it's something different. It's not a musical. It's it's not a comedy. It's something a bit bit more interesting to go and see at times when yeah. when you're going to be a bit more picky about what you go and see as well. Um, yeah. Because people have also been struck financially, audiences-wise. They're going to be, they're going to take care in what they're actually going to book tickets to go and see. Um, so I'm hoping it's it's going to be fun with the six of us 
it also gives us more to do within the show, which is yeah. great. Because we'll really be doubling exciting. up as different characters. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Um, I think I get burnt at the stake in Act One as another oh, character, which is always really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the widow appears and the widow's back to normal. Brilliant. And there's a twist with the widow at the end, which is a bit you are here Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to give yeah. that yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so hopefully it'll work and we'll pull yeah. in the audiences. We're all over the place. Um, it's Tilted Wig Productions, so... You can, you know, look on the website there yeah. and they'll give you all the dates of where we're going. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And we'll, we'll stick a link in our That'd show be great. notes as well. I did just want to quickly ask about Stars in Their Eyes, just because I was oh, a yes. bit obsessed with that show. <laughs> there must be a YouTube link somewhere. There is, yeah. It, is there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, we yeah. watched yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirsty McCall. Yeah, Kirsty McCall. Very good. Yeah. Going yeah. back to accents, that is an excellent yeah. accent. It's an excellent impression of Kirsty McCall. It's yeah. very yeah. good. Well, I just joined Corrie when they asked if I'd like to do Stars in Their Eyes, and of course I wasn't going to say no. Um, and I, they said, oh, who, who do you fancy being? And I'd put in Alison Moyer yeah. or Kirsty McCall. And I think somebody just done Alison Moyer, so they said, we'd love you to do Kirsty McCall. Um, and again, I just listened to it over and over again, yeah. trying to pick up bits and pieces. But I really wanted to do Stars in Their Eyes because I wanted to walk through that smoke and say, yes. tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be. Now, <laughs> when I came to do it, it wasn't Matthew. No. He was on holiday or he'd gone through that point where he wasn't doing yeah. the show yeah. anymore. We won't go down that route because it was all wrong anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was Cat, so I ended up saying tonight, Cat, I'm going to be. However, <laughs> I then let's spring forward, you know, 15 years. I end up starring in Big the Musical with Matthew yes. Kelly at the Dominion, yeah. And our dressing rooms were next to each other. I was his child lady. <laughs> I made his cup of tea every night at the interval because I wasn't in before the interval. But every night at the <laughs> <laughs> I'd knock on his door and say, "Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be." Uh, yes. So I did yeah. get, I did get Aww. to say it eventually. I Lovely got to do Matthew my tonight, Kelly. Matthew. I adore Aww. him. Aww. I adore him. He's off on tour with the dresser. I can't wait to go and see that. We're going to be following each other around the country. Oh, again. wonderful! Um, but no, I loved him and I miss him. He wrote every night. I made him a cup of tea, and every night, without fail, he wrote me a little postcard saying, "Thank you for my cup of tea." Aww. And I have. I, I'm not sentimental or anything, but I have kept all the little postcards that he wrote to me oh, and that's slipped so through the dressing room every night. Um, I adore him. He's Aww. the nicest, nicest person. Yeah. So supportive and we had fun. It I, felt like a divorce actually when we finished. Oh. It was horrid. Um, I love it though when Kat Dealey asked you and she said, how do you feel in your hair and everything? You were like, well, it looks lovely. It looks so nice. I was like, but your lovely hair that you have and then giving you that really <laughs> this long drab, wig. Drab, long, long wig. wig. I know. So, no, it wasn't great, but it was, it was good fun. Yeah. Would you, you still know. do Kirsty McCall now if you were going to go on there now? Probably not. No, I don't who know. Do you reckon? I don't know who I'd be now. Now I'm a bit older. Um, wiser, as they say. Yeah. Um, no, I've no idea who I might be now. We were trying to work out who we'd do on the way out. <laughs> Ronan, Ronan Keating. Right. Ronan Keating, brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anything like him, but that, that's that's the that's one. I, that's the one I always wanted to sing at, uh, at school. It's only words. That's very good. <laughs> I used to practice that a lot. That's very good. I suppose if, if we were going theatrical, I'd probably do Ethel Merman or somebody yeah. of that oh, yeah. era yeah. now. Yeah, great. Get, you know, give it the full Broadway belt. Oh, but yes. pop star-wise, I don't know. He'd probably go back to somebody in the 50s or 60s now. 
Yeah. But what, it was fun. What about you, Verity? I mean, I said Jerry Halliwell because of the old auto tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do that for sure. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. It yeah. was great. You know, and that was that was a really nice sideline of Corrie getting to do things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, what a laugh. Yeah. You know, because at the time you think, what have I got to lose? They're going to pay me a nice bit of money and nice. I get to have a laugh and sing. Yeah. They ever ask you to yeah. do Strictly? Yeah. No, no I have, that's the one thing... Um, I've been in the mix a couple of times, but it's a bit like casting a show now. Oh yeah, it has to crazy. have the sports person, the stoke side, you know. The, yeah. So it, it's quite hard. It's quite hard. That's the only one now I would really love. Well, to you've do. got all the dance experience. Well, all those thirteen nights at the Piccadilly. Yeah. I could dress up as a swan for that. Oh, you could. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the only one I'd really love to yeah. do. I've done MasterChef. I did Slip. I did Sewing Bee. I've done. You know. <laughs> I herded sheep. <laughs> what? Oh, you know, oh I'm, I'm surprised you haven't no. found that one. Oh, I did not a terrible farm. Not the no. Before that, there was one on ITV about five years ago called Flock Stars. No, I haven't yeah. seen that one. I will, I will send you my attempt. Oh, there's, there's an eleven and eleven second. You can't call it a gib. What do you call it? If it's eleven seconds of me <laughs> being, being terrible. In a way, I quite enjoyed the fact that for once, because when I've done things like that, I've not been bad. You know, I did very well in MasterChef. Yeah. I won the sewing bee. I'm quite creative. I cannot herd sheep. I learned that. It's one thing I am yeah. terrible at. And I quite like the fact that I failed so miserably at it. <laughs> yes. um, I spent eight weeks training this dog, Bill, who was nine. And Bill didn't listen to a word I said. Oh, bloody Bill. <laughs> so, yeah, I got the worst one. But we had the biggest laugh. Me and Leslie Joseph, had, we had five weeks oh. of laughing. Oh, wow. It was brilliant. So I've done flocks. I've done most... I, my rule with, with realities is if I learn a skill, I'm happy to think about yeah. it. I won't just sit around and play games. I have to learn a skill. Yeah. So um, so Strictly Now is the only one. I couldn't do the ice skating. Um, it's too oh, dangerous. Far I'm, too dangerous. I'll never forget. Oh, God, what was his name? Mark from EastEnders. Tom Carty. Straight that. through, do you I remember? Know. Oh, yeah. Through, through, through the hoardings. Yeah. yeah. Just went straight I couldn't. Through. I couldn't even do it. Oh. I've been to watch it and I love watching it, but I couldn't. Yeah. It's too scary. Oh, so yeah. So Strictly is the only one now I would contemplate doing well we used to love getting behind a campaign when we first did this podcast we'd always say to our guests well we'll start a campaign brilliant okay wendy peters for strictly yeah, yeah. yeah. hashtag yes. wendy peters yeah. for strictly yeah, yeah. totally on yeah. that one we'll send at least two tweets with that hashtag on it yeah, yeah at least two yeah. before we forget that we're supposed to be like charlotte harding hashtag charlotte harding playing she wanted to play home uh for she, she wants to play saxophone. She wants to play uh, local hero. Local hero. Tune, yeah. She's at, massive. At St. James's Park. Yeah, massive fan of Newcastle. Newcastle United. She's a great composer, but also yeah, plays saxophone. Brilliant. Uh, I think we sent yeah. one tweet, maybe. Oh, we did. We didn't no, quite I did get twice. the. A few people made, <laughs> yeah, might, maybe. But this but, one, I think we can really get behind. Yeah, I'm this totally. This is, this yeah. is tangible. This is this yeah. is there. And if you do, can I please come and watch? You can come and watch. <laughs> oh, you can come to Elstree and watch. Yeah, thank you. It's a done deal. Done. Oh, thanks, Wendy. Thank you so much. That Isn't was she very lovely? Nice. Yeah. Oh, so, so lovely. lovely. Yeah. yeah, she's very welcoming in her house. Yeah, she was. I just wanted to ask her about those reality shows so much. I got a bit obsessed about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, stars in yeah, their eyes. Yeah, it's ride. nice to meet someone that's done all those stars in their eyes. Yeah. yeah. Which one would you do? If you were, if somebody said, right, you've got one reality show, go on, which one would you do? Ah. Oh. Which one? Mm. Now, I mean, Strictly is probably the biggest one, isn't it? Oh, it's that's a good kind of a, that's a life changing one, isn't it? Like, yeah, because it takes over your life and you really learn a good skill. 
Yeah, I definitely I think do I'd that. Be useless one. though. I'd be rubbish at that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'd be like um, uh, John Sargent way back. Do you yeah. remember that one? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just the very simplified versions of things. Yeah, just totally. Like, just like stepping to the left, and then <laughs> then putting your feet back together again, and, and dragging smiling. dragging his partner across the floor. <laughs> that would yeah. be that would be and Whittacombe. Oh God, Anne Widdicombe. Yeah. Yeah. That well, would, yeah. That what about level. you? What would you what would you do? I think strictly for sure. Again, I'd yeah, be you're a big hopeless. strictly nut, aren't you? Yeah, I love it. I've been to see the live tour before. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really do love it. Um, or maybe something completely ridiculous. Like hmm. oh, I'd see I'd love to learn to cook, so maybe celebrity master chef. I'd be terrible at that as well. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 really disorganised and messy in the kitchen. Yes, and I don't think I'd like the pressure. No, I don't want anyone no. shouting at me about it. <laughs> no way, and I'd be absolutely useless at Bake Off. Oh God, got, yeah, not a I've chance. Got no skills for that for dessert. No, it's so precise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I know. Pop star to opera star. <laughs> Remember that What's one? What's the premise of that one? What? What? You just? Oh, wait, oh, I mean, it's sort of as it it's says in on the, the tin, title, really. really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Please, so what, what is that? Is that about, well. about sheep? Or no. <laughs> yes, very similar to Flock Stars. Um, yeah, that great. does suggest that you're already a pop star. That's and true. That you're I'd have go to go into the classical world. Oh, I really need Did to go do, back like, in cellist time. Cellist to uh, cellist to like electric bassist yeah there we go something like you you could learn how to be in like metallica i'd love that fake it did you just watch fake it i there was a cellist on fake it wasn't there a friend of a friend yeah the funny thing about that one is that they used to make them look like so for her actually i don't know if i should say this really she they made her look like (laughs) she was really done up and really I'm a classical musician and I'm very polite and I never listen to popular music. And they turned her into a DJ and then all of a sudden she became really cool. But actually the fact is, I think she was quite cool to begin with, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's all smoke and mirrors, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, completely. But anyway. I've been watching uh, Clarkson's Farm. Now that's obviously smoke and mirrors, Clarkson. but it's really good. Is this Jeremy Clarkson, did you yeah. say? Yeah. What is this? How have I missed it? It's on... Uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. And it's it's about him who he apparently he's lived on a farm since 2008 and it's massive. I think mm. it's like the size of like Worthy Farm or something. Oh it's my huge. god. Cuz he's like oh I, that that's mine all the way 2 miles up that way to that big uh, tree and then that the other way <laughs> that's that's mine too. Um anyway, he, he for, for for the TV show he's taken over running the farm and uh and he's can he do u- it? Useless now. Yeah. No, no, he's like, but it's 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 very good telly. Oh god, I, just I know that episode. I'd love that. I know I'd watch that. Dear and oh like, dear, it's like Top Gear. How like, obviously it's all it's all sort of planned and scripted and all that, but yeah. it's just good. It's good. Yeah. And actually, I did sort of not watch Top Gear for a while because you know he punched someone over a lasagna, right? <laughs> did he, Clarkson? Didn't he? Okay. He punched someone over a lasagna. He got sacked. From, I remember They this. got sacked from the BBC, didn't they? They all went though, didn't they? Them, yeah, the one I think with beads. He wanted a hot meal. Oh. One with the beads. Yeah, I found I find people oh no, I don't want to offend again. I don't want to offend listeners, but I really <laughs> oh, find bead wearing offensive. 
Bead, what, what do you mean bead wearing? He used to wear a neck, beady neck, you know, Richard, what's his name? Richard oh, Hammond. Hammond. He had always wore his stupid little beads around his neck, didn't he? Oh. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, really offensive. Anyway, he got. Well, they all went, didn't they? All three of them got sacked. Yeah, they all got sacked, moved to uh, moved to another other broadcaster, <laughs> and there we go. There we are. There that we are. That was Top Gear. Yeah, I don't know how we got there, but I, no, but, you know, <laughs> tenuously, of course. Um, I think do people listen to this bit of the podcast where we just talk absolute drivel? Occasionally, I'll get a message which refers to it, and I think, oh my god. Somebody has really done their time. I think it's maybe where they can't get to whatever device they're listening to it on to turn it off. Yeah, like maybe their, their legs have, have gone numb or something. <laughs> yeah. the pins and needles. Well, so, you know, oh, when sh- it rains and your phone, you can't, none of the buttons will turn off. It's just, oh, yeah. stop. But they can't stop it, so they have to hear it. Sorry, chaps. Sorry. Hope it's not Sorry, a rainy guys. day for you right now. <laughs> yeah, apologies for that. Yeah. Uh, well, what else should we say? I mean, we... we <laughs> With, uh, I mean, we've covered know, all really. the important things in life, haven't we, really? There. Any, anywhere we should lead listeners to, Wendy fans. Oh, well, I think we've got some clips that she refers to in our notes. So I've stuck in yeah, the yeah, yeah. stars in their eyes clip and I'll yeah. put in the flock stars one too. And I'll put in a little um, clip of the trailer that they used for You Are Here because it's worth having a little look just so you can see what she was referring to. Uh, mm. I don't think the live stream is still available to purchase, but if it is, I'll put a link in for that too. Okay. Also, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, <gasps> that's on yes, the scene, isn't it? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe she said it starts in the Churchill Theatre Bromley. That's right. It does. Which is probably my local regional theatre, so I should try and get down there and see it. For sure. I think it looks like hmm. it's going to be really good. I've seen the poster. Looks fab. So should we should we let let them go just in case they really are stuck listening to this and just yeah. really want it to end? <laughs> Let's let, let them go and then hopefully this should um, just like start playing the Peter Crouch podcast or something good. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it does that, doesn't it? The podcast app. Yeah, it just sends you well, on The one to I them. use anyway, just start something random. Oh, does it? Oh, it's good. Well, I just I mean, go to something I've in my library. Followed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> What, what else do you listen to, Verity? What I listen. Well, Adam Buxton is the the guru, so I yes. listen to him. I listen to Louis Theroux. I listen to my yeah, dad. Oh, you've been wrote, listening to that. Oh yeah, yeah, I have. Riz Ahmed, good, excellent, he? excellent episode. Oh, Love that he's one. Brilliant. So good. I listen to my dad wrote a porno. Still, actually, I've got loads to catch up on that one. Dear Joan yeah. and Jerrica, very yeah. good. Uh, yeah. yeah, lots of comedy ones, but actually, I might try and get mm. into some um, serious. Some sad ones. Serious interviews, you know, like things. Ooh. Yeah. But I haven't as yet. Right. <laughs> I like to keep it lighthearted on my, my commutes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> what about you, Seb? Um, What's number one? Um, well, fantasy football. Oh, That's yeah. starting up again soon. Been there. Ah, we listened to that. Great. Football, just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a football fan. I'm not, not massive. Hmm, what else? This American Life, I listened to that today. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I was listening to um, Things Musicians Don't Talk About. Oh, were you? Which I haven't I've heard that really, yet. It's really a... enjoying. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's a fellow musicians podcast. Yeah. Check it out, everyone. Great. I tell Patty you what. Patty Butterworth. I definitely will. And um, Rebecca Toll. 
I think it was just Hattie for a while, mm. and then they've started doing it as a twosome. Very wise. Which is nice. They talk about the sort of um, the mental health side of things for uh, yeah. music. Well, that's really but interesting. It's, um, very, very relatable for musicians. It's uh, and they're very, very nice people to listen to. Oh, brilliant! So, check it out. Check chaps. it out. Check it yeah. out, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, look. Yeah. Let's buzz off, shall we? Yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah, we'll be back super soon. Yeah. Take care, everyone, <laughs> and each other. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.